afternoon, everyone. Tyler Harris here with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. A quick heads up before uh, we jump into the market action on the day today. Kip will be on with the great Wayne Allen Root tonight on his show War Now uh, tonight at 7.35 p.m. Eastern Time. You can find it at usaradio.com. And really interesting timing for this. Kip was on last week as well. And first off, uh, Kip and I both have been on Wayne's show a number of times, over, and Kip especially, over the last few years. I know we've got a lot of Wayne Root listeners here with us now, so thank you for tuning in with us. We love Wayne here at the VRA. Great friend. Uh, but during coronavirus insanity, peak coronavirus insanity, March of 2020, Kip was on Wayne's show nine nights in a row and based off what we've seen in the market action recently, this is a different but similarly exciting time right now for the art. I should say eventful, maybe more so than exciting. So you don't want to miss this show. Be sure to tune in tonight to War Now with Wayne Allen Root. Uh, again, that's at 7.35 p.m. Eastern Time on USA Radio. Now, looking to our market calendar on the week this week, again, an eventful week coming up, starting it off with a big week of earnings. And so far, we've had a strong Q1 earnings season here as of Friday. 275 S&P 500 companies have reported earnings so far. And of those 275 companies, over 80% have reported earnings above analyst estimates. You know, for the the sell-off that we've seen in our markets and the rough patch we've really had for most of 2022, if you weren't in the right names or the right sectors, it has been a rough start to the year. And I'll get to that more here in a second. Got some stats uh, that I'm sure you've heard by now about the market's performance so far in 2022. But it keeps us hopeful that earnings have remained strong. The long-term average of S&P companies that beat analyst estimates is typically in the range of 65%. So coming in at above 80% um, of companies beating analyst estimates is strong. And we talk about this here often. The market doesn't peak until earnings peak, and we just haven't seen that yet. But it's going to be a busy week here. We've got another 160 S&P 500 companies reporting this week, so stay tuned with us here. Uh, we'll keep you updated on earnings. And then on Wednesday, we have the Fed's meeting and expected rate hike. Everyone now expecting, instead of a quarter point rate hike, now a half a point rate hike here. And if you happen to tune in to Kip's vi latest video today, it's on Rumble. Uh, go check it out there if you want to see it. It's definitely posted on our social media websites as well at Kip Harridge on Gitter and True Social, or you can still find us on, at Twitter at uh, VRA Letter. Uh, but he wants to see Kip wants to see a larger rate hike from here, letting the Fed know to the market that it is serious, and then that could inspire some confidence that the Fed has this under control to some extent. We all know that Jay Powell is nothing like the Paul Volcker of, of the, or really previous Fed chairman in willingness to, to take on some type of action like this. 
But keep in mind here, right now the Fed funds rate is still just at a quarter percent to a half a percent. So even a 75 basis point hike here, that puts the Fed funds rate at a 1 to 1.25. So even, especially by historical standards, not high at all. But again, that seems unlikely from Jay Powell and his merry band of Fed cronies over there. Uh, really, it's tough to say we could have much more disdain for the Federal Reserve than we already do. But looking out at the future Fed funds rate, June traders of the Fed funds futures now see a 91% likelihood that the Federal Reserve delivers that 75 basis point rate hike in June. That's a big, it was at 19% just a month ago at the beginning of April. So why not move that 75 basis point rate hike up from June to May? Just get it out of the way already, right? But um, again, if we got the half point move this week and then the larger rate hike in June, that still only takes the Fed's funds rate up to a 1.5% to a 1.75%. Uh, the most recent peak for the Fed funds rate was in 2018. Remember, the Fed raised rates eight times going into the fourth quarter, taking the Fed funds rate to two and a quarter to 2.5, and then the market plunged some 20% in the fourth quarter, 25% in some areas, leading to that massive sell-off that we got on Christmas Eve. We've called that for some time now the December from hell, but if you look back on the chart of rates, we talk about this here often, we've got a 40 year repeating pattern of lower rates. So the, again, the most recent peak was two and a quarter to 2.5 from 2018. And basically right now we see it as unlikely that the Fed is going to try to get back above those levels. So that seems like just below that or right at it seems like the logical level about where the Fed would top out. Not quite what the market is expecting where we have some analyst estimates for something like, uh, you know, 11 plus rate hikes between a quarter and half, a half a percent. Unlikely, unless we really are living through the theme you know, that Kip especially has talked about here a lot, but we have a lot here at the VRA is the plan for intentional destruction. Are they ready to take down this system? And really, you know, you may ask yourself, why would they want to do something like that? If you look back on a history of dictatorships, communists, socialist societies, that's what they do. Take down the economy, take down the government, or uh, trust in the government. That makes people more susceptible to be, be more willing to accept a more authoritarian state of control. People are just saying, help me out here, I need the help, do whatever you need to do, take away my freedoms to get, you know, make sure that I'm feeding my family, right? You can see how easily, once you get to that point, it is to usher in a new form of control. So is that the plan going forward from here? And the biggest concern that we have that, that makes it seem like that's the route they wanna go is that Democrats just don't seem to care at all about these midterm elections, going with these extremely far left minority views that they're trying to push legislation through on that really almost none of the US population supports. Uh, and they don't seem to care about how that is going to affect their turnout at the midterms. Uh, certainly seems like they have something up their sleeve here. So 
Back to the Federal Reserve. Stay tuned with us here. We'll be reporting on that this week as well. That Fed meeting is on Wednesday. And then later in the week, we also have a number of economic data points uh, that we'll be reporting on here. And then Friday's important April jobs report as well as coming in. So grab some popcorn. It's going to be an exciting week here. And we started off with an exciting day for our markets today. Certainly a volatile day, even though the VIX was down uh, over 3% on the day to a 32, still elevated VIX, but our markets just back and forth all day between positive and negative. We finished though, not quite, but uh, near the highs of the day. Uh, for the Qs, it was the highs of the day. For SMH, it was near the highs of the day as well. Uh, so really interesting session all around. But as I mentioned earlier, let's cover some of what we've seen so far this year. Because it has not been a great year if you're invested in the major indexes or in the wrong sector or growth names. Value names have greatly outperformed growth stocks so far this year. The S&P just had its worst Four months start to the year since 1942, down 13%. Uh, the NASDAQ down even worse. The worst start to the year for the NASDAQ since the dot-coms exploded, the dot-bombs. Uh, and this morning looked like we were going to continue that as well. Uh, we had the NASDAQ and Russell 2000 breaking to fresh 52-week, or really year, lows of the year last week violating both the february 24th lows and the march 14th lows the dow was our only and then sorry the dow has been our only major index now not to break below their 224 lows because the s p got below that level today before rallying to get back above those levels just barely at the close uh so Certainly a chance here, as we see it, this looks a lot like a bear market rally, but we were able to finish positive on the day today. Uh, of course, it is the beginning of a new month here as well. We talk about this at the beginning of every month. You have fresh fund flows from pension funds and other sources at the beginning of every month. So that could explain why we were able to finish positive today. Of course, we are also still at extreme oversold levels here. So a bounce is not unusual, but we are still looking at this as a bear market rally until proven otherwise. All of our major indexes below their 200-day moving average is not a time uh, when you really want to start making aggressive positions to the long side. So let's take a look at our market action on the day-to-day. -day. We're led by the NASDAQ up 1.6% to 12,536. Good to see the semis though up nearly 3% on the day today, just what you want to see, tech leading the way and semis leading tech. If we can get back to that pattern, that's the kind of exciting bull market that we want to be a part of there. Uh, so we're staying staying frosty here, uh, keeping some powder dry to get back to work when the time is right. Next up were the small caps up just over 1% to 1,882. Next up, the S&P 500 up just over half a percent to 4,155. And lastly, the Dow Jones up just over a quarter of 1% to 33,061. Looking at our internals on the day today, we did get mixed numbers here, but we got improvement throughout the day. Um, we came in, let's get a quick refresh here. Sometimes just after the close, you get a little bit of an update. Uh, 
about the same. Declining stocks did beat out advancing stocks on the NYSE, but not by a whole lot. NASDAQ did come in positive there, but new 52-week highs to lows. Ugly today. Ugly, ugly. We had just 41 stocks combined, NYSE and NASDAQ, hitting 52-week highs to over uh, roughly 1,364 stocks hitting 52-week lows. One of the uglier readings that we've seen here recently. And then lastly, volume did manage to come in positive. Again, those beginning of month fund flows likely had a lot to do with this. Came in positive for the NYSE and over two to one positive for the NASDAQ today. So later this week, especially gearing up for this Fed meeting, uh, it's gonna be an important week for our markets. Um, again, we are at extreme oversold levels right now. So this is where you see a pop, but until proven otherwise, this looks to be a bear market rally. Next up, our VRA sector watch. Uh, interesting day here for our sectors as well. We finished with six out of our 11 S&P 500 sectors higher on the day today. And two of those sectors that did finish higher today actually hit 52-week lows earlier in the session before rallying off of them. Those were the financials and consumer discretionary. Uh, so we'll see if that's a new low that they're putting in there or if it's a sign of thing, of further weakness to come. But our leader on the day was communication services. And let me check something here. Yeah, we had Facebook rallying big, still Facebook near. It's closer to its 52-week lows as well, but that's why communication services rallied, followed there by tech, energy, consumer staples, and then industrials and financials. Our laggards on the day were real estate, uh, and that's a little bit different from, say, the home builders or HGX, the housing index, with both had nice days today. Uh, home builders up over 2% and housing up three quarters of 1%. That's one we want to see rally from here. We also have seen the transports, which, if you've been tuning in with this here for some time, are four key sectors we've been watching housing, transports, financials, and the semis. Transports have still been able to hold. Uh, above their February 24th lows along with the Dow. We've seen the financials break below those levels. So we'll continue to watch those closely here for you as well. Our other laggards were consumer staples, utilities, and healthcare. Finally for today, our VRA commodity watch. Gold now down a big 2.5% plus to $1,862 an ounce. Silver down 1.8% now to $22.67 an ounce. Copper now down 2.9% to $4.28 a pound. And oil, our one commodity higher on the day, up just over half a percent to $105 a barrel. And finally for today, Bitcoin had an interesting weekend here. Uh, you've likely seen some of the clips of this by now, but Charlie Munger, I mean, You've probably heard Kip talk about Charlie Munger and uh, Warren Buffett, some here. You know, as much as they're seen as like the grandfathers of value investing, these guys have made more money from their connections than they have from smart stock picking. Maybe that's how they got started. It's not how they're finishing though. That's how we see it here, right? These guys are so connected, so high up the ladder that they've benefited from it so much really at the expense of the of the same people they say they're benefiting. Um, but at their investors conference this weekend, the Berkshire Hathaway Investors Conference, 
Charlie Munger said that the U.S. should have followed the lead of communist China in banning Bitcoin. Wow, some freedom-loving American that is right there. You know, so much for your, your freedom to transact as you choose. We know that ended with the Federal Reserve when it began in 1913. You know, the U.S. dollar has lost 97% of its value since that time. But sure, let's continue to trust those people. He even went on to say that Bitcoin undermines the work of the Fed. <laughs> well, that's part of the point here. But he did call, he called Bitcoin evil, stupid, and making him look bad in comparison to someone else. I mean, these guys, just part of the global elite, just the worst of the worst. Um, and, you know, it really, this makes it even that much more obvious. Feel wh however you want about Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies, people have the right to transact how they choose. Um, that, that's the way I see it here. Kit might feel a little bit differently. Bitcoin was up on the day though, by about just under half a percent to 38,428 a Bitcoin. Folks, that's all that we have time for here today. Please be sure to subscribe to receive our VRA podcast every day at the market close. You can join us at VRAinsider.com. Click the podcast link at the top and we'd love to have you with us. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you back here tomorrow for the close.